What's up, babes? And as the puck drops, the words that DC fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream. It's not a desert mirage. It's Lord Stanley, and he is coming to Washington. Welcome back to Japers Rink Radio. I am your host, Adam Stringham, and today I'm happy to be joined by John Press. How you doing, John? I'm real good, Adam. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for taking the time to... Uh, Come kind of join join me in, in doing a pretty cool episode today as we're going to talk about the Capitals All-Decade team, and we're going to take a bit of a different spin on it than some of uh, the other blogs around SB Nation have done. Yeah, uh, I think what we decided to do was there's so many names uh, for the Caps over the past uh, nearly decade in the 2010s that we were going to do a fantasy draft and each of us was going to draft a team uh, and then decide whose team would win a best of seven series uh, going up against the other one. So I think we'll, we'll get through that exercise. We actually, you know, peek behind the curtain already drafted the teams and we'll just talk about who we took and why and uh, how we came about our teams. And then when we're all done, uh, we'll do an overall caps all decade team uh, for anybody that, manages to stick around uh, through through the entirety of us babbling about the the guys that we took so uh i think it should be fun uh and uh interesting at least to uh you and to me and maybe uh one or two of our listeners as well yeah i thought it, it was a really fun exercise because it was nice to go back and look at some of these names that i haven't really thought about too much um over the last couple of years and um, the Capitals had some great guys earlier in the decade that, that kind of fall sure. off the radar. So, um, sure. And I think that, uh, you know, we're, we're trying, like I said, to, to pit these teams against each other. So you want, uh, a complete team. You want, uh, to have penalty killers and, and third liners and fourth liners and, uh, just what, what you would do and how you would compose, uh, your squad and, you know, I think maybe a little sentimentality may have snuck in in uh, with a couple of the picks uh, towards the end, but we'll uh, wait till we get there and uh, talk about those too. Yep, that that definitely may or may not have happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and just so our listeners know, we did a non-snaking draft, so it is a it's a typical draft with JP winning the first overall pick via a coin flip. So, John, why don't you get us started with uh, what probably will be the most obvious pick of this entire time? Uh, yeah, I won the first pick, uh, just like the Caps did uh, back in 2004. And just like the Caps did back in 2004, I took Alex Ovechkin, uh, the big no-brainer. Dudes played 790 games uh, for the Caps this decade, uh, starting January 1st, 2010, we should note. So literally the decade. Uh, has 459 goals, 822 points in 790 games. Uh, he's won the Richard Trophy, I think, six times in the decade. Uh, multiple all-star appearances, Hart uh, finalist a couple times. Uh, and, oh, yeah, he won that Smythe Trophy back in 2018, as you 
may have recalled uh, in what obviously was the the high point of the decade and really the franchise history for all Caps fans. So uh, I'm building my franchise around uh, Alex Ovechkin and, um, you know, good luck to you. <laughs> well, you know, Nicholas Backstrom might not have been a first overall pick, but you know, he was drafted by your first overall pick. So, um, you know, I, I will take a, a not so far behind, uh, second pick with Nicholas Backstrom. Um, Backstrom has been a fantastic player for the Capitals since they drafted him. Um, played 754 games within our sample. Uh, 535 assists, which uh, unfortunately, I, I should have pulled this ahead of time here. I wonder if that's the top of the league over that, that span. The guy has just been a workhorse for the Capitals and just night in, night out, doing a great job. Um, almost a point a game over the decade, which is, is, is really something, especially given kind of, uh, you know, the Capitals did have a couple of challenging years in there, right? With both Adam Oates, Dale Hunter, also offensively challenged, um, just a great player, reliable two way player, which as we know, is such a key piece of any championship caliber team makes me feel pretty confident in, uh, my team's chances in any best of seven series. Yeah. I mean, you build down the middle and, uh, that's, that's a heck of a pick, obviously taking, Backstrom there. I do think uh, that he is the decade's leading assist man. Ovi obviously is the leading goal scorer of the decade, but we don't want to give away too much of our upcoming content on the site. Uh, so we'll return to that. Um, so on to round two for me, huh? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, so I took John Carlson with this pick. Um, he's really come on late in the decade, but, um, as far as reliable defensemen, uh, he's just been there throughout the entire, uh, decade doing, you know, not missing many games at all, putting up big points and especially big points, uh, these last two plus years. Um, he's really coming to his own in 2019, 20, he seems to be, positioning himself to be at least a Norris Trophy finalist if he can stay healthy. And with the lead that he's putting up in points, uh, I, I think he's got a good shot at getting what is often uh, given out as sort of a uh, lifetime achievement award uh, to guys. So uh, I'm comfortable having John Carlson there. Uh, we should also note that, you know, for for these picks, we're taking basically the average of the guy's uh, – performance over the decade uh when he was a cap so um you know for some guys that aren't here anymore or guys that were somewhere else beforehand it's just their time as a cap the average of that time more or less uh it's not scientific by any means but uh it is what it is so uh i've got ovi and carlson and uh that makes it your second pick you know uh John, I feel like you've got some recency bias here with the Carlson pick because, I mean, for the reason you just mentioned, Mike Green actually put up more points per game as a capital this decade than John Carlson. So um, I, I am very happy to get game over Green back when, you know, as an average in this decade, he was still a very great player for the Capitals, um, putting up, you know, just under .65 points a game. Um, uh, really, and, and as I'm sure you, every, all of our listeners will remember, he had some durability issues and his play wasn't as great on the back half there, um, of his time with the Capitals, but altogether, it was still a great decade for Mike Green when he was wearing the Washington Capitals uniform and he'll be a great power play quarterback for me. 
um, in addition to just kind of being that guy that gives me a bit of offense from the back end. So very happy to get Mike Green on my squad. Yeah, I mean that that's after his two really big years uh unfortunately for you in the in this exercise uh his two years where he quite frankly could have and or should've. should have won uh a Norris trophy or two. Um so uh but yeah and he his last year plus in town didn't go quite as he might have uh expected it to as his role changed. Uh you know when you talk Mike Green I think you in this decade, um, you know, I, we realize that the decade starts with uh, 2010 and the spring of 2010 and uh, the subsequent uh, fall uh, uh, the next year when they when the Caps really changed how they played the game and Bruce Boudreaux went to the trap. And, you know, we've we've discussed that ad nauseum. Um, but I, I don't know that there's a single player that was more negatively impacted by the change in style and then the subsequent changing in change in coaches uh, than Mike Green was. And it's a really a shame. I mean, uh, he he was just such a terrific, terrific player for the Caps, uh, particularly at the end of the last decade, but well into this decade uh, as well. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I have nothing but good things to say about uh, Mike Green at this time. So anyway, uh, I will, uh, <laughs> I, it's my third pick. Uh, I need a center. I'm taking Evgeny Kuznetsov. Um, you know, I, I think that Backstrom obviously is the caps, uh, number one center of the decade, but Kuzi's a guy who, uh, you know, knocked out the, the penguins on the run to the cup and, probably could have uh, had a strong case for the Conn Smythe himself uh, in that season. So uh, he's had his ups and downs, uh, notably uh, on the ice and, of course, uh, off the ice as well. Um, but you could do a lot worse than having uh, 2010s uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov as your number one center. So that's who I'm going with. It's a great pick. I mean, Kuznetsov has just um, been kind of a dominant force in the NHL over the last few seasons. He's had, you know, he is certainly a player that seems to kind of have um, ups and downs. Uh, we talk about kind of a, a guy that um, is almost, in my mind, like a pure offense type of center, right? We usually talk about um, how centers have strong two-way games, and Kuznetsov is just such a unique thoroughbred, right? I mean, he is what he mm-hmm. is, and that's an offense driver. So um, cer- certainly a great guy to have on your any team. Yep. Um, so with my next pick, which might be our first kind of shocker of hopefully of this draft, is uh, I I picked the guy with the second most goals per game among players in our sample. Um, now, now, John, if I asked you ahead of time, who, who do you think I'd be talking about? Second most goals per game yeah. in the sample. Uh, you know, I might think T.J. Oshie. Um, but I know it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are correct. It is not TJ Oshie, but it is Alexander Semen. Uh, Alexander Semen, he, uh, uh, the, the mercurial man himself, right? He put up 0.41 goals per game over 215 games with the Capitals uh, in this sample. Um, he was a guy who just at times 
would really look like the best player on the planet. Um, I, I truly believe his skill with the puck was, was a sight to behold. Um, and unfortunately, he just kind of at times would fizzle out, and it seemed like that would always be when all the eyes were on him. Um, but when you talk about a guy who's got game-breaking talent, um, my first thought is, is, is well, actually Mike Green and Alexander Semin, just guys who who were able to do stuff with the puck that not a lot of other guys could do. Um, so I will happily take Alexander Simmons with my uh, third selection, um, giving me a guy that, that, that I think is going to help produce goals um, in this series. Yeah, I mean, you've got great durability there with Green and Semin. And uh, <laughs> now now with Backstrom, Green, and Semin, you, get, you have three guys from the 2010 team, and uh, I have three guys from the Cup team. So uh, I'm liking the start so far. Uh, my fourth pick... Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go start stacking up my defense and I'm taking Dmitry Orlov, uh, with my number four pick, uh, another cup champion, Washington capital. Um, and I, I think he's been a very solid, uh, blue liner for the caps and he's going to slot in nicely on my first or second pair on the left side. Um, and you know, it's a guy who doesn't put up quite as many points as you think that he would, given his skill set, uh, his shot, his uh, puck handling, his skating. You'd think he'd uh, put up a few more points than he does, but uh, nonetheless, I'm comfortable with uh, Orlov in this spot as I build uh, on the back end. Now, would you say Orlov had the best hit by any Capitals player of the decade? Would it oh, be wow. that hit on Duchesne? I mean... That certainly comes to mind pretty quick. Uh, if we're talking non-Vancouver Olympics edition, uh, that 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 probably uh, that that could certainly be it. Um, certainly among the clean ones, there there are a couple uh, <laughs> a couple other ones that uh, that that are, are memorable. But yeah, when he uh, flipped uh, Duchesne ass over tea kettle, that's a, an all time uh, highlight for the decade. Maybe maybe we'll have to get together on another show and do a goal hit save of the decade. Although I know what the save is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll save, too. Yeah. Yes, we will. Um... Yeah, uh, the other one I could think of might have been, and I don't know if it was in the 2010s, Ovechkin's on PK Subban. So we'll have to. Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to look at these at some point. Um, so I'm I'm sticking with some offense here with my next pick. You know, I I, I love your Orlov selection. He's a guy that that I've always loved to to watch, and especially how he's kind of fixed his game up. I feel like as time went on, you know, I remember even when Rob and I used to do these shows. Um, few years ago we talk about how orlov would struggle um to clear the puck up the ice on his backhand and it's just his over that part of his game has gotten cleaned up and then it feels like everything else has too he's mm-hmm. just a great player and and well worth a spot on the Capitals all decade team um and now i'll talk about my own pick which was uh tj oshi um is a guy he I'm, I'm trying to confirm here he looks like he was third in goals per game among players okay. with more than 10 games played because uh, mm-hmm. or more than 15 someone might have tried to sneak in some guy who only played 11 games but we'll get to that later um <laughs> tj oshi was 0.35 goals a game uh, and, and has been a wonder for the capitals since um brian mcclellan traded for him i mean he again is is a part of the cup winning team 
And he is, uh, man, man, now you're making me think about durability, and I'm thinking, man, oh, man, I got Oshi, Summon, and Green. What's going on here? <laughs> but, um, you know, I think TJ Oshi meant a lot to this team. He's a guy who uh, is loved on the ice um, by his, by coaches for his hard work and ability to get into the corners and, and win the puck back, but also for his off-the-ice stuff. It seems like he's well-loved both by fans and all of his teammates, and while it wasn't in the 2010s, we've seen that recently with him and Jacob Vrana. So, so I guess it is in the 2010s. I don't know what I'm talking about. We're not, we're not in 2020 yeah. yet. But... <laughs> don't turn the calendar yet. Yeah, but he, it has been a fantastic um, career in Washington for TJ Oshie, so it is not a surprise that he's one of the early wingers selected uh, here in this draft. Yeah, a total heart and soul guy. Uh, I mean, if you don't, if you're a Caps fan and you don't love TJ Oshie, I don't know what what's going on with you. Uh, but you know, uh, I'll as as much as I remember uh, the things he's done on the ice and uh, off the ice with his uh, chugging beers through his jersey, <laughs> which is just an A plus plus move. Um, uh, I'll never forget uh, Oshi on the ice with his dad after they won the cup. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just it gives me chills thinking about it. It makes me uh, like well up whenever I see it. So, uh, yeah, uh, you just love, 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 love uh, TJ Oshi. Um, so my f- uh, fifth pick, uh, I'm sticking on the wing. I need a uh, another goal scorer uh, to slide in behind Alex Ovechkin. And I'm taking Jake Vrana. Um, he's... Uh, really sort of taking the leap this season. And, uh, you know, maybe that pushed me up uh, a little higher on him than he should be. But uh, he's uh, putting up big numbers uh, with no power play time, uh, just as fast a player as I can remember ever seeing uh, in a Caps uniform. Uh, his He's got a, a, you know, second gear that uh, just – blows past uh established nhl defenders with regularity and uh he's sort of a a a lean forward in your seat when he's on the ice kind of guy because he can Mm -hmm. uh he can do something special every time uh he gets out there so um you know jake vrana's my uh i guess he's gonna be my second line left wing but uh i guess we can talk about lines later but uh yeah uh jake vrana you know, Verona, when I think of Verona, I think about his speed and I think about game five in the Pittsburgh series, mm-hmm. right? Where, where Barry Trotz finally at the start of the third period moved uh, Verona up to play with Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. And, um, you know, they score right at the beginning of the period. The Capitals do. And then, of course, um, they put the game away there. Not, not, not too long after with, with Vrana got the goal, right? So it was just a beautiful thing. Ovechkin draws everybody over, and um, it was just a... It's all a blur to me now, but it was a fantastic game, and uh, I think about Jacob Vrana coming through in the clutch there. I mean, he was Mr. Mr. Crossbar for a lot of the playoffs, yeah. but he, he certainly got it done. Well, and I mean, if you want to start penciling guys for the 2020s all-decade team, uh, I think that uh, you might start with that name. Yeah, that's that's a great... <laughs> that'll be one to hopefully save that soundbite and play it back a, a few years and, and, and look oh, like God. a genius. Yeah. <laughs> look like Christ. a genius, not look bad, JP. I, right. Right. I, no, uh, I mean, if, if for some reason we are uh, doing a podcast in 2029, <laughs> uh, just shoot me. 
<laughs> by then what is it gonna like i don't know we don't have to go yeah. there um how people will consume content then but my next pick is going to be another um another winger uh actually but it's a guy who's got a lot of um flexibility right he's played some center he's played left wing he's played right wing uh, marcus johansson has been you know a kind of a guy that is so easy to overlook um you know he was one of those guys that uh, you know, I'd have to say guys that I felt the worst about not winning the cup um, when the Caps mm-hmm. won in 18 was, was Mojo and Green. Mojo, Green, and Alsner, I think, were the three guys I really thought about um, on the team that, that I wish had won it with them. And um, I, I think he's going to be a great addition to the team. He put up almost 0.6 points per game, um, over 501 games played for the Capitals in the decade, which is actually... Um, really high on this list. Uh, I'm looking over it right now, and I'm I'm actually surprised. It looks like that'd be a top five or top six number of games played. So, uh, pretty pretty incredible for for Mojo. He was great here. He got close last year to winning the cup with the Bruins. Um, and uh, continue to kind of think about how dealing him was a necessity for the team being able to win the cup. But uh, certainly would have been great for him to be a guy that was around for it. Just a, a great two way player who will be able to play both power play time and and if necessary what which won't be because i did such a great job on the rest of this draft at least <laughs> yeah uh, another super durable dude for your squad uh, <laughs> it's a seven game series not a full season i don't <laughs> yeah well my team plays heavy hockey so be ready for it but uh you know uh johansson was uh a very underrated player in his time uh definitely a whipping boy for the fans um you know people uh questioned his toughness and durability which was a bunch of bullshit because that guy uh was out there taking abuse nonstop, and uh you know for the most part he he took it and kept going through it so uh yeah and he's another guy who's uh, zone entries on the power play, uh, in particular were really helpful to the team and just, uh, a perfect example of, uh, how you get underrated as you do a thing like mm-hmm. gain the zone on the power play and then give it to Backstrom, to Carlson, to Ovi, and you don't get a point, but, uh, you know, that before Kuzi was doing it, uh, Mojo was doing it and, uh, doing it well. So, uh, that's a good pick. Uh, he, he certainly belongs uh, with the group of guys we're talking about. Uh, my next pick, um, I'm bringing a little sandpaper, and I'm going with uh, Tom Wilson, uh, another guy who has really emerged over the past couple seasons into the player that they always hoped that he would be um, and uh, that – I think a lot of people around the hockey world uh, doubted he could be. Um, They saw one type of player, but um, he wasn't that type of player. Uh, And uh, he's really developed into a a complete player. Uh, Obviously very physical, uh, but he's a good penalty killer. Uh, He's a, he's got a good shot. He's a good passer. Um, You know, he creates space. He's a good teammate. He's damn handsome. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we got to sell some, uh, we got to move some merch and uh, sell some product. Uh, so I, I don't mind ha- having a little eye candy on the squad either. 
<laughs> All right. Well, it, it's good to know that like we're doing like a be a GM mode now. We're like the goals, like make your owner happy too, make some good money on it. We I always got to make the owner happy. Yeah, we should have looked at like some salary cap implications here with these teams. That would have been a whole uh-huh. whole other level of complexity yeah. that probably wouldn't have added a lot of value. But <laughs> I think that that is a great pick. Um, I will say one of the my big misses over the last um, really since I've started really talking about hockey was. Um, I was pretty sure that Wilson was what he was. He was not going to be, he was not going to be the exception to the rule. His point production, um, in his first, you know, handful of years in the NHL did not indicate that there was any chance that his playoff production from the cup run would, um, go on and continue into a regular season on following years. It looked like just a small sample size anomaly. And yet he went in the, uh, excuse me, eighteen nineteen season put up great production and has continued to look good in nineteen twenty so far. So, while um, Tom Wilson is a fantastic addition to your team, I will reiterate though it is the average of their entire time on that's, the team. That's fine. Take it. You'll take plan, it. I don't plan on having Adam Oates coaching my team and uh, working <laughs> him on the fourth line either. So, uh, well, you know, I feel okay. I think that is a great way to get around my my attempt there to, uh, <laughs> to to lower his numbers all right let's look a little bit here at my next selection who is um i'm gonna say the original tom wilson on the capitals um if there is such a thing and that's gonna be mike knubel uh knubel played 220 games for the capitals in 20 um in the 2010s or within our sample um and while his production was not off the charts he still put up 0.5 points per game which is pretty dang good, all yep. things considered, um, especially for a guy kind of who who was at that point of his career, um, and, and he just he's just been a, he was just a fantastic player. You know his ability to kind of get to the that gritty area area, excuse me, and um, and and just finish was was second to none. You know I. Um, you know, you did a great job of reminding us of, of the 2010 playoffs. So now I'm thinking of him going too much to the gritty yep. area in Game Seven. I'm sure that was going to be your counter to my selection. But <laughs> um, K- Knubel was also an instrumental piece of going to the dirty areas um, when the Capitals beat the Bruins in Game Seven. So I hope all of our listeners remember that as well when Joel Ward scored the game-winning goal. So yeah. Um, Yes, I, I am very happy with my pick of Mike Knubel, who was a solid and consistent point producer for the Washington Capitals during his time here in the decade. Yeah, uh, good veteran presence. Um, I think of Knubel, I think of uh, sort of an, one of the iconic photos of the decade uh, from the outdoor game in Pittsburgh uh, with mm-hmm. him and Backstrom and, and Ovi. And uh, uh, yeah, got to love got to love some Knubel, too. Uh Okay, seventh round. We uh, this will be uh, one third of the way through, so <laughs> may, maybe we pick up the pace. Uh, yes. But uh, uh, with my seventh pick, I'm taking a third defenseman. I'm taking Matt Niskanen, um, in part because I've got Orlov, and they skated together pretty well uh, during their time here. Another Cup winner, another solid, solid um, defenseman. Uh, had a down year last season um, and it possibly uh, didn't recover uh, fully from that injury that he'd had. Um, but, you know, he's a guy who can eat minutes, doesn't miss a lot of games, um, can play on the penalty kill, can play on the power play. Uh, Matt Niskanen on my team. 
good, great, great selection there. Um, I, I'd be happy to have him as well. Um, you know, you're, you've been going on this run of defensemen, I feel like, and I've still got the one, but that's not going to stop me from taking Justin Williams. Um, you know, Williams did a lot of great stuff when he was with the Caps. Um, the, the team was incredibly, incredibly um, dominant in the regular season. Just couldn't quite get over the hump in the playoffs. You know, he's another guy who put up over half a point a game, point six during his time in Washington. And, um, you know, you know, whatever you guys want to say, whatever I've said in the past about culture, not gonna having a guy who'd won the Stanley Cup, Mr. Game Seven himself, certainly didn't seem to hurt the team on their future endeavors of winning the Stanley Cup. So uh, I was very happy to to pick Justin Williams here as I, I, I get another veteran winger with strong two way ability on my team, um, kind of solidifying my team's ability to, to do well on both sides of the puck. Yeah, I mean, good veteran presence, uh, great hair in that uh, team photo. Yeah, Burakovsky. <laughs> yeah, that they, that they had. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I think the Caps only got one game seven when he was here, and he didn't do shit, so uh, <laughs> um, it didn't quite work out as they might have uh, imagined it, but, uh, you know, uh, it's a solid pick there. That's another guy who the advanced stats love um and you know maybe uh your goose you're goosing your coursey and uh your team will uh edge mine in expected goals or some shit and uh you know mine might score the actual goals so anyway uh <laughs> uh round eight um since you're and, and this is sort of like uh one-on-one fantasy draft strategy because now i see that i'm already making a run on defensemen and yeah you're ignoring it so i'm just gonna keep taking the good ones and i'm taking michael kempney who was uh a total revelation when uh brian mcclellan stole him from chicago um Mm -hmm. for uh, a bag of magic beans and uh you know he skated with john carlson all the way to to the cup and was good again last year with him until he got injured and uh really that that injury um ended their season last year in a lot of ways um you know if he's healthy against carolina it, they probably beat Carolina. Um, uh, obviously, uh, the Oshie injury in that series was was big too. But losing Kempney, losing you know that level of uh, defenseman and the minutes he was playing and everything uh, hurt the team. And it's a small sample since he's been here, but he's been very good in that sample. So uh, my top four is Kempney, Carlson, and Orlov Niskanen, uh, which should sound pretty familiar to Caps fans. Well, you know, I'm taking a guy who was always willing to put it, take his put his body down first to help the Capitals win. Um, Carl Alsner was an Iron Man while he was here with the team, and for much of his career, was a solid player, uh, especially defensively. Um, you know, played 561 games here and, and during the sample, and was just a a rock on defense. I mean, he was uh, the media's favorite, always a guy that was good for a quote. And, um, you know, did whatever he could to help the team win. There were times uh, it would have been better if he was maybe a bit better of a puck mover. And it's really hard to know how his repeated injuries have derailed his career. Um, you know, there was that famous quote that I couldn't believe his agent looked it out there about him not being able to open that. Um, what was it? A, a, like a pickle jar? Pickle, yeah, shit. pickle jar. Yeah. That was it. So that that was, um, 
incredible. But Carl 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 Alsner is going to be my pairing with Mike Green. So, um, really, really kind of throwback machine there. But uh, yeah. Carl Alsner was my pick. Yeah, that's a a, a good pick. Uh, that's like you were talking earlier about the guys who weren't didn't hang around long enough to win the cup. Uh, you know, Alsner, Mojo, uh, certainly a couple of those guys. But Alsner went through. He went through the shit, you know, that all the stuff they had to do to get to the point where they finally broke through. He was there for it and uh, spilled, you know, took blocked a lot of shots for the Caps, got a lot of bruises for the Caps. uh, And, you know, unfortunately, it didn't work out better for him uh, here and now with uh, Montreal. But uh, wish nothing but the best for a guy who also was a, a terrific dude off the ice. So. Uh, round nine, uh, I'm going to stick with the defense and my first eight picks, uh, actually were all, um, cup winning caps. Um, yeah, I mean, sorry, got a little bit of a soft spot for that team. Uh, but my ninth pick is actually a guy who was, was there for, uh, to see the cup winning caps. And that is, uh, (laughs) Vegas golden Knights defenseman, Nate Schmidt. Uh, who will slide into a familiar role on my third pair. Uh, he, great puck mover, uh, great smile, uh, you know, really solid guy on the back end, uh, great possession numbers, and the kind of guy who in a third pair can just uh, eat up crappy competition. Uh, not that you're going to have, well, yeah, uh, we'll get we'll get to <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know Nate Schmidt um, is uh, is my ninth pick and um, fifth defenseman. Nate Schmidt is a great selection because he was just a guy who um, you know the Capitals wanted to keep him in the expansion draft and Vegas just they had to have him right and uh, obviously things worked out for the team but um, just a fantastic two way player that I at this point was was very cross with myself for letting him kind of fall off my radar so i decided to do the only logical thing and um take the guy that made it so that my lack of defensemen wouldn't necessarily cost me and that was brayden holpe um you know who who needs the best defense when you got the best goaltender and uh holpe was certainly that for the capitals during their stanley cup run um you know he did not have to be the best tender in all of those series um, but he certainly was the best in most of them, right? Um, you know, he outperformed Bobrovsky, I thought. He outperformed um, Murray. And uh, I don't know if he necessarily outperformed uh, Vasilevsky um, all the time, but he certainly did in games in Game 7. So um, really just very happy to have Brayden Holpe, uh, the guy who made the save, as you mentioned yep. earlier. And... Um, really uh, enough to make me feel confident that even having a bit of a uh, lackluster defense won't necessarily be a game-breaking flaw. Well, uh, then I assume your next pick's going to be Mitch Korn because you got to handcuff those dudes uh, together. But uh, no-brainer, Holpe, goalie of the decade for this team. You know, won a Vesna, won a Jennings, and came in second in the Vesna, won the Cup. Um just a, a, a terrific um, decade for the guy who, you know, pretty soon they're going to have to make a, a tough decision on. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, we can we can talk about uh, that when the time comes. It's it's not going to be uh, an easy one for this team um, to make for a guy who's been such a incredible backbone for this team. Um, really, uh, I don't think there's any question that he's getting up there or on the level with an Ole Kolzig in terms of uh, what he's done for this franchise and um, winning the cup is, is a nice little notch on the belt uh, as well for him. So, uh, you know, the debates I think will, will happen. Who's the greatest goalie in franchise history between uh, Kolzig and Holpe and uh, you know, that cup's, a nice uh, feather in the in the Holpe cap. So uh, good pick. Uh, you at all surprised that we waited nine rounds to grab a goalie? Or you know, I was a little surprised, but then I also thought it, it's um, you know we set this up, and, and and generally speaking, I feel like in fantasy drafts, it's uh, it's it, you know there there's some other good goalie options out there. I mean, especially you know if you want to go the pretty analytical route. You know, there's arguably a guy who did more for the Capitals in the regular season and the Cup year than than, than Braden Holtby. So, um, sure I, I'm not I'm not super shocked they win. And uh, well, we we can talk about it more after the whole draft. But uh, yeah, it's, the, the the pickings get pretty slim pretty quick on the back end. So yeah, it's a pretty incredible kind of how the Capitals did what they did. And again, reminds you of how those early early of the decade teams how they had to play such an offensive style because they didn't necessarily have the power on the back end to, to play any other way. Yep. So, um, I, I did not get, uh, I did not panic and grab a goalie with my next pick. Uh, this is round 10. Uh, instead I went with a center, uh, who could play, uh, on the second line if needed, uh, probably better suited for a third line, but has always stepped up. Uh, to be uh, uh, to perform when one of the guys ahead of him has been out, uh, and that's Lars Eller. Um, he scored the goal uh, that won the cup. Uh, so, you know, I've got Kuznetsov and now Eller, uh, two big time goal scorers. Uh, and uh, in terms of big time goals, um, I think Lars Eller has been a, a really good uh, center for that. Caps third line generally, and um, really allowed the team, along with um, a couple wingers that we'll get to, uh, really allowed the team to sort of uh, round out a top nine uh, of scoring forwards rather than having a top six of uh, scoring forwards and a bottom six of checking forwards, which sort of was the formula uh, before. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, another guy who can penalty kill. Uh, another cup cap. Um, so Lars Eller, 10th round. Um, you know, uh, I saw Eller and I went, man, that's, that's, that's a nice pick. Who, who did the Capitals have before that, that kind of would have been able to maybe fill that role. Um, but, but due to some kind of short sightedness in, um, really behind the bench, wasn't able to, and that was Matthew Perot, right? So mm-hmm. he, he was my pick. Perot was a guy that, um, he just, lit up the scoreboard when he was on the ice, right? Um, on a per-game basis, he, he's he's good, not great, 0.44 points per game, um, over 159 games. But he wasn't getting a ton of minutes. But when he was, man, oh, man, he, he could just move. And he's been um, – he's just a great player. Uh, he, he was a guy that I think was, was just incredibly undervalued 
um, during his time here. And um, while I'm not sure if all of our listeners will necessarily even kind of remember his time with the Capitals, I think he actually would will do fine as the second line center on my team here. Yeah, I mean, he's a nice little player and, uh, you know, probably best suited as a third line center, um, eating up some of that uh, weaker competition. But um, another guy, like you said, who who can play up uh, as a second line center uh, and doesn't look out of place. Uh, 11th round, uh, I go... Uh, and grab a, a goalie, and I grab uh, Philip Grubauer. Um, you know, uh, definitely had his coming out party uh, during the season uh, leading up to the Cup when he uh, took over the number one goaltender position from Holtby to the point where he started those first two games of the playoffs. They didn't go super well, so. Uh, I'm a little anxious about my goaltending going into this uh, best of seven, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know he he went and earned himself uh, a nice contract with Colorado where he's playing well, uh, and uh, another guy who loved his time here was loved and um, you know forever will be remembered as being one of the guys on that Cup team. Yeah, Grubauer, Grubauer was really great, and who knows if the Capitals would have even been in a position to win the Cup if it hadn't been for him. Um, you know, Hopey had really struggled in the back half of that regular season, so yep. um, great stuff there. Certainly worthy of being your starting netminder, at least for those first two games. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, so after that, I decided I was going to get my third line center here. It became clear that uh, I was going to be outdone on the back end already, so let's make sure I've got four solid lines. Uh, Brooks Like was a guy that I, you know, he, he might have thought he was always going to be the answer for the second line center, and I'm sure even today he's feeling like he is at the best shape of his life. But um, Brooks Like had .45 points a game with the Capitals and played 428 games for the team in the decade. Um, just a... A solid guy, another one of those guys who was, um, you know, one of those young gun era players for the Capitals who um, just just kind of faded away, right? After he left the Capitals, really faded out of the NHL pretty quickly. So, um, <coughs> excuse me. So, Brooks Lake is my pick here and uh, hope, helping to round out that two-way uh, focus that the team has. Yeah, a nice player. Uh, he was another guy who was an Iron Man till he went uh, over yeah. to Austria or wherever during the lockout and mm. hurt his abdomen and uh, or abdominal abductor something in the stomach area, uh, and and was just never the same after that. And it's unfortunate. Uh, a versatile player, play on the wing, play on the penalty kill, play on the. Uh, uh, power play, uh, a guy they got in trade for Peter Bondra at the, uh, during the fire sale back in the pre OV days. So that, you know, his, his lineage goes back. Uh, and he's a guy who, you know, arguably could compete with Tom Wilson in our handsome off at center ice to see, uh, <laughs> Uh, so and you have like and Alsner now, so you guys can do all the media interviews, and we'll my team will just worry about playing hockey. Uh, you guys, can, you guys can give the quotes. Um, uh, so we're we're definitely getting into sort of middle six forward territory here, and I'm going with 
uh, a, a guy who put up big goal numbers, big uh, in in limited time, no power play time, uh, great uh, shooting percentage, a guy who with Eller made that third line uh, really work for a couple years, and that's Brett Connolly. Um, you know, maybe I took him because he's my daughter's favorite player, but maybe I took him uh, because uh, he really fits what we want to do. He's going to be my second line uh, right wing. Yeah, that's a, that's a great pick. Connolly is just, um, you know, we talk about shooting talent, and Connolly is just a guy that you know, seems to really over score at a higher clip than what you'd expect, both given the quality chances that, that he gets and the number of shots that he gets. So just a um, just one of those guys that's a, a quality shooter at a, who puts the puck in the net at a high percentage rate. Um, a, gr- a great pick there. You know, another fir- former first-round NHL draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, showing up on this list, Troy Brower is uh, is is my next <laughs> selection, <laughs> Mister High, Mister High, and the Capitals traded a first round pick for Troy Brower, um, and Troy Brower was probably not my favorite guy to take in a best of seven series, but analytically. He was a fantastic player for the Capitals while he was here. And when I say analytically, I'm really just talking about point production. Uh, the guy actually was higher than a lot of the people that have already been taken on this list. Um, he scored 0.52 points per game, 0.28 goals per game. Um, and obviously the, the goal part is kind of boosted by his ability to literally just sit in the perfect spot on the power play and... Um, I mean, it was kind of just a dream, right? We've seen ever since then, it's it's kind of boosted Oshie's numbers. Yep. So I've kind of got two of these guys that, let me tell you, my first and second power play unit, if you can surround them with elite talent, let me tell you, those guys are going to really put the puck in the net. So, yeah. um, which they may or may not have. But altogether, it's um, Troy Browers is, I mean, I think he's a reasonable pick. You apparently do not. So. No, no, I mean, he is. He is. Uh, a solid player, uh, you know. We'll uh, I'll always remember that uh, high and wide against yes. the uh, Rangers after Matt Hendricks blew up uh, Ryan McDonough. That would have been a, a nice goal to have actually scored. Um, but I'll also remember him winning that game at uh, at Nats Park, the mm-hmm. outdoor game with uh, a few seconds left against Chicago. That was uh, super fun and. Um, you know, goofy dude. Uh, I think of the, those, uh, ugly Christmas sweater videos, uh, that they did that one year. Uh, and Brower, uh, was rocking a pretty sweet mustache as I recall uh, <laughs> yeah. during that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, solid player, sit him in the middle of that diamond on the power play and, uh, watch him pick up the trash and, uh, score some goals. So, uh, solid guy. Um, for my 13th pick, I'm rounding out that line and taking Andre Burakovsky. Uh, anytime you can get 13 rounds deep and get a game breaker like this, uh, you're happy. So I'm happy. Um, Burakovsky obviously had uh, some ups and downs with the Caps. Uh, I went through stretches where he uh, was less productive and stretches where he was more productive. Um, I think that He'll always be remembered for those two goals uh, against the Lightning in Game 7, thanks to Dan Girardi's um, terrific defense. And (laughs) um, he'll also probably be known for 
for for losing his concentration uh, when the Caps were skating the cup like two seconds after they gave him the cup <laughs> in Vegas, and uh, he got distracted uh, by um, uh, by one of the fans in Vegas. So, uh, but I like Burakovsky. I'm uh, you know I'm upset that it didn't work out for him here, but. Uh, glad he was a part of that team. Glad he's uh, finding success in Colorado. Uh, and he's going to look uh, nice on my third line. Yeah, that was, uh, that, that was a tough pill to swallow when I, I wasn't able to select <laughs> Burakovsky. That was, uh, I, I was confident he was going to slide a bit later in the draft. So uh, definitely one I, I, was, I was sad to see slip me by. And instead, um, I guess I, I picked another guy that, uh, I had advocated to get more ice time while he was with the Capitals, and that's Eric Fair. Um, he obviously won a Stanley Cup after he left the Capitals, but he was al- always a great player. When you I mean, great might be a bit strong, he was always a very solid player with the Capitals. He always had great underlying numbers, um, a- and he did produce points. I mean, point four five points per game. Again, a guy with not a lot of ice time. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you remember the same thing. And then he scored that beautiful goal against Boston mm-hmm. um, at some point in the 2010s. But just a guy who I always thought was um, more talented than than it sometimes was known. Um, and he was just a great guy to have on the ice at all times. He was one of those few players. I'm sure you remember when they started analyzing um, whether wingers had an impact on face-off win percentage. And Eric Fair was one of those guys that showed up as having... Right. Um, impacted that stuff. It, he was just a, an interesting player who I thought did a lot of little things right, um, who also found his name on the score sheet more often than, than a lot of us might remember. So um, Eric Fair is 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 uh, my pick in the 13th round. Um, and, and you're back up, JP. Yeah, he, uh, Fair sort of... Um... He, he sort of redefined himself as a player. You know, they drafted him high... Uh, it, yeah, in the first round, um, back in the day, he was a monster scorer in the WHL, as I recall, mm-hmm. and uh, it just didn't really come together for him that way in the NHL. Uh, and he sort of transformed himself into a guy who could play more of a two-way game. Uh, he even played a, a good bit at center uh, when they needed him uh, mm-hmm. to play center. Um, always, like you said, had the, those underlying numbers. Um, always left you wanting a little bit more. Um, but he carved out a nice little career uh, for himself. And uh, yet another uh, fragile guy for Team Adam, though. So, uh, well... <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll keep hitting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so after after uh, thirteen rounds of taking guys who played in the two thousand eighteen uh, finals, uh, I'm I'm going off the uh, reservation a little bit uh, for uh, another. I guess this guy will play on my third line with uh, Brett Connolly uh, playing on the second, and that's Joel Ward. Um, Another guy who scored one of the bigger goals uh, for the Caps in the decade um, with that winner um, in Boston uh, over the then defending champion uh, Bruins. A guy who was a a fun dude to have around, uh, to cover, to read about, to – you know, to watch play the game, a great story, uh, a good, good player. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know what else to say about Joel Ward, except we're, we're happy to have him here. 
yeah, just just a, a a great guy who did a lot of great stuff for the franchise. Um, and and I am now going to make the first of um, what becomes a trend of somewhat shady picks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am going to pick. Kevin Shattenkirk, who played 19 games, regular season games, I believe, for the Capitals um, after they traded for him at the deadline. Uh, Shattenkirk was relatively solid in the regular season when he was actually he was very good during the regular season when he was with the Capitals. Um, didn't do a whole lot in the playoffs. He did have the one overtime goal against the Penguins, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but he will become my second pair right-handed defenseman so i needed a guy to fill that slot and let me tell you kevin shattenkirk will fill that spot and his career might have gone way downhill after his time with the capitals but he seems to have gotten it back together um and and his his numbers are starting to look more like the kevin shattenkirk of old as he's kind of moved on from the rangers and he believe he is now with Tampa bay so good good for him yeah, I mean, that's a good pick. And, and actually, that's the guy I was uh, going to take with my next pick if you hadn't selected him. Um, you know, it, it didn't necessarily work out here. Uh, I think it's a, still a trade that you would probably make again. Um, yep. You know, sometimes they they work and sometimes they don't. Uh, and this is a case where they didn't. It, it seemed, you know, there, w- there was a... Uh, there were a lot of teams in on him. The Caps got him. It, it should have worked, and it didn't. Um, so uh, that happens, uh, but that, that's a good pick there. And uh, if you think your your 19-game sample is small, <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my next pick is a dude I'm going to slot in uh, centering my second line, <laughs> and that is Jason Arnott. And you might be wondering, how does Jason Arnott make a Caps All-Decade team? Uh, (laughs) And uh, quite frankly, I'm not sure. I just needed another center here. Uh, Arnott uh, had a monster points per game uh, with with four goals and three assists in those 11 regular season games that he played for the Caps. he, he was, he seemed like he'd be a good fit. You know, he was a, a bit of a, a salmon whisperer and got some uh, good production out of salmon and seemed to have some chemistry there, but it just didn't, uh, you know, ultimately it, it didn't uh, work out for the Caps and Jason Arnett. And, uh, you know, we can, we can call BS on, uh, <laughs> on that pick, but, but, uh, you know, that, that was 2011 and, uh, I have no regrets. Well, I'm glad you're sticking to your convictions there. That was, uh, that was another one that six, he had, uh, six points in nine games in the playoffs that season. Uh, yeah, solid, he, you know, he was good. Player. Did, didn't he make the pickoff on the wall that then he sent over to Semin and then Semin sniped it in the top corner, right? In the in the playoffs. I feel like I'm sure. Remember, you know, he he made a couple of big plays. Uh, that was like eight years, eight and a half years ago, and uh, I, <laughs> that, <laughs> that was one of those YouTube highlights. I think I watched a lot back in the day. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that was him who made the, the interception. I could be wrong, but. Um, I'm going to have to go look after this. But my next pick is a guy who really stuck around the Capitals, was a guy that I thought they had no business going after. I thought they made a mistake when they signed him. And no matter what I thought, it no longer matters because I am picking a guy who only scored five goals with the Capitals but won a Stanley Cup, and that's Brooks Orpik. He played 332 games. 
um, with, with the team, 57 assists. But the key thing here is now I have the best post-game locker room interview section ever. As you already mentioned, I mean, I've got like Alsner and Orpik. I mean, we might, even if we lose on the ice, we certainly will win off the ice. So yeah. Um, solid pick by me, I will say. Yeah. And Knubel, Williams, Orpik, that's some serious leadership. Leadership. I mean, yeah. Uh, winning culture. Yeah. Yeah. Culture. Uh, that hard to argue, uh, hard to keep him off of, uh, a squad like this. Um, a guy who definitely took a lot of hits, uh, gave out a lot of hits. Um, you know, Brooks Orpik, everybody, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, we're, we're well, we're deep into this thing. Um, <laughs> My my next pick is a guy who didn't have Orpic's tenure, uh, but he stuck around a little longer than uh, than Shattenkirk and Arnett, and uh, that's Dennis Weidman, uh, who people may or may not remember <laughs> as a cap for uh, I think they they traded for him at the deadline the same year that they got Arnett actually, um, and then he stuck around for one season after that. Uh, I want to say he was an all-star in that season, but, uh, he put up 46 points, uh, in 82 games, um, the season after that. So he'll look good on my, uh, third pair on the right side with, uh, Nate Schmidt, a, a guy who could escape a puck a little, um, pass it around a little, do a little bit of everything for you. Yeah. He was definitely a guy I was eyeing up to kind of, uh, help out my, my ailing back end. So when I, when I did not get him, I went all in and got not a blast from a past, the past, but a flash from the past. Uh, Fucking nice. Tomas nice. Fleischman. <laughs> he who often goes kind of unremembered, but uh, I certainly remember him. You know, a guy who put up 27 goals in 92 games with the Capitals while he was here in the decade. Um, 0.66 points per game. Just a guy who kind of came into his own, I thought. Um, you know, he unfortunately ended up, was it, I believe it was deep vein thrombosis he had in his legs. He's ended up having blood clot issues right. um, sh- shortly after he left the Capitals. But he, he just was a solid guy. Um, put up good good points. Um, kind of an uh, inconsistent player when I, when I think back on him. But, um you know, the production doesn't lie. Right. And, uh, he, he certainly did that during his time here. Yeah. He was a nice player. Uh, when I think of, uh, Fleischman, I think of Bruce Boudreaux's, uh, quote where he said that, uh, Fleischman was his Alex Ovechkin in Hershey. Uh, that's, (laughs) that's how like next level Fleischman was, uh, during one of those Calder cup runs for the bears. And really there during Boudreaux's, uh, heyday down in Hershey when that team was just murdering everybody. Um, uh, he, he was a nice player. Flash was a good nickname. Uh, you know, good player when got paid, you know, Godspeed Thomas Fleischman, um, on to round 17 and I'm taking another quick player, uh, a guy who, who pairs nicely with my Joel Ward. Uh, this is my fourth line left wing and I'm taking Jason Chimera. Um, he, you know, he, he scored some big goals for the Caps. Uh, yeah, I think we can remember uh, against the Rangers in Madison Square Garden in the playoffs. Uh, had a big game. Dude scored a bunch of goals uh, for, for the Caps. Like, he, I was looking at it, and he, 
uh, was actually, I think, eighth on the team in goals during the decade. Played a bunch of games, played 489 games for the team, uh, scored one goal less than Brower in about 200 more games. But, uh, you know, he, he, he put up uh, a 20 goal season, uh, as I recall it, maybe a 23 one season here. Um, and, uh, you know, solid guy, uh, 20 goals. Uh, yeah, he scored 20 goals here, then went and scored 20 for the Islanders. Who the hell would have seen that coming? He scored 20 twice here. That's, you know, that's, I mean, that's not bad for a guy who's going to be on my fourth line. No, no, he was, he was just a really interesting guy because he felt like he had no hands, but man, oh man, he, he could move, right? He was a fast guy. And I believe um, the, the Capitals acquired him when they traded Chris Clark, right? To Columbus. I think that's right. Uh, so that is a, uh, a, a great pick. Another guy, after I w- went for the flash, he went for uh, the cheetah, huh? The ice cheetah, Jason Chimera. So. Yeah. Great, great pickup. Uh, I believe he also had that fluky goal against Steve Mason in the playoff round yeah, against yeah, yeah, the Flyers. Yeah. So, uh, and yes, he he was a certainly a, a interesting member of this team. Um, did did Chimera call out call out Ovechkin at one point after a season? Uh, I don't recall that. Uh, thought it might have been Brower, but. So hard to know. I don't, I don't know. You might want to check in on that. Just make sure you got some good chemistry in that We're locker good. room of yours. We're good. Well, let me tell you, my, my team's locker room's chemistry it, it, like is the best ever because I'm about to draft Jay Beagle. Nice. Um, Beagle has just, uh, you know, he was the heart and soul of the Washington Capitals during his time here. You know, he he was the little train that could, you know, and, and you know, if uh, Oshie struggles, I know I've got a first line right wing ready to go up there and get some minutes. So, Jay Beagle, Mister Utility himself, um, he'll he'll win some important draws for this team in this seven game series. Uh, um, in all seriousness, Jay Beagle was. Uh, it, it's hard not to think about him when I think about the Capitals. He was a guy that the fans loved, the other players loved, and the coaching staff just inexplicably was attached to, like at a crazy level. I mean, this guy no matter what he did, was getting big ice time at some certain points. Just um, the fans still love him to this day. I mean, you you saw it with the reception he got at um, Kettler not that long ago. Yeah. Um, so 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 great on Jay Beagle. Um, he's one of those guys that, uh, as we'll get to later, it, it's tough to know whether you'd put him on a team if you're trying to make it the best team ever. But he certainly is a guy that I think of when I think Washington Capitals. For sure. I mean, it, just a great story, an undrafted dude who went on to uh, be a key member of a, of a cup winning team. That's, you know, it, it's work ethic and, uh, you know, people joke about grit and heart and that stuff. But man, uh, Beagle's got it in spades, as does my next pick, uh, which is Matt Hendricks. Uh, and, you know, thinking back on this now, uh, since we're going into seven game playoffs, can we settle games with shootouts instead of going to <laughs> overtime? Maybe. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, I think we'll always think of his paralyzer mm-hmm. uh, shootout move, which, uh, quite frankly, uh, a fourth line grinder dude like that having such sick mitts to pull off that move repeatedly and just 
undress goalies like Tim Thomas with regularity. Uh, it, it, it just doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense, but it's great. Uh, Matt Hendricks fought a lot for the Caps. Just a consummate teammate, um, good penalty killer. And uh, Matt Hendricks is, is my guy. And now, uh, why don't you tell everybody about your next pick? So I did what anyone who feels like their defense needs some support would do, and that's change the rules. So <laughs> I, during JP's, right before he made his 18th pick, I wrote uh, HC as a position that we needed to fill and did not mention it to him. Uh, or then, then I believe I did message you about uh-huh. it and said, hey, I think we need to get coaches in here too. So uh, after some much... Much chagrin, you you did allow it, and uh, I picked Barry Trotz to be the head coach for my for my team, um, and I'm I'm happy with the selection. You know, I I was a Boudreaux guy through and through up until the Capitals probably won the cup. Um, both guys had really struggled to get over the hump with very talented teams uh, until they didn't anymore. And um, I will always be curious how things were in the locker room. You know, there were all these whispers the year that the Capitals won that Trotz was um, almost on the outside a little bit. You know, he was close to being fired a few times during the season. Um, Reardon was already the heir apparent, having that uh, associate coach position, I believe, associate head coach. Right. And um, they, the, the team won. Um, the Capitals obviously were not, did not bring him back. But um, I'll still take the guy that um, certainly on paper was the guy calling all the shots when the team got it got it together and won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, you can't say enough about uh, Barry Trotz. Um, uh, we we should have had Kevin on here to you know formally <laughs> uh, thank, I guess, for reverse jinxing uh, the cup run by calling for his head uh, in February of uh, 2018. Um, but um, you know, forever a legend in this town. And, uh, obviously he knows, uh, what he's doing. He's got a Islander team that has no business being where they are, where they are. Um, and, uh, he's just a flat out good coach. Uh, I don't know what you could say about it. His success here, uh, it makes him a, a solid pick to be the Caps coach of the decade, um, for sure. So good on you for changing the rules and taking him. Um, <laughs> with my last uh, skater, with my last uh, pick, uh, I guess 19th pick, I'm taking my last skater, uh, fourth liner, penalty killer, uh, Carl Haglin. Uh, and uh, he doesn't have a goal yet this year, I don't think. And uh, that's that's a little rough. But basically... Uh, if we're, if our teams are going to have a seven game series here, um, after knowing what Carl Haglin has done against the caps as a ranger, as a a penguin, I I couldn't be the caps playing against Carl Haglin. So I had to have him on my squad. And now you have to face Carl Haglin in the playoffs because you know, he's, uh, he's good for a goal, a big goal. That's going to be a backbreaker. Uh, I, I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't remember Carl Haglund doing a lot of that 
for the Capitals. <laughs> no, in the playoffs, does it against the Caps? And you're the yeah. Caps. You're a Caps team. But you are also the Caps. So it's well, like when uh, you know, it's an unstoppable force and it's an immovable object. Yeah, so we'll, like who knows how it would play out? But uh, you know, Hagelin's an interesting pick. Only three goals in 39 games with the Capitals. So yeah, that's uh, trash. Yeah, that is that is. I, I'm I'm very interested to see how that contract. I went I went out. 19 rounds before making a shitty pick. So I wish I could say the same. <laughs> um, next one, another one of those guys, um, Tom Pody, point mm-hmm. three points a game, point uh, three one points per game on the back end for the Capitals. Uh, in the sample I'm looking at here, what what, what are your thoughts on Tom Pody? Because I remember him being one of those kind of unheralded guys. Uh, in retrospect, underrated, definitely, uh, the type of dude who was a whipping boy, uh, based mostly on previous stops, I think prior to getting here, he was pretty good for the caps. Uh, I remember at least one or two big plays in the playoffs against the Rangers that he made, you know, uh, you could, you could do worse than, uh, having, Tom Pody, uh, given what's left, I mean, what are you going to take Tyler Sloan or something? You know, yeah. Well, I still have one more defenseman left to fix, <laughs> so I guess we'll see who was left. True, so, true. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can take P- Pody. I, I might take uh, Martin Fervari <laughs> over. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, oof, yeah, yeah. I take Christian Juice. Well, you still got a defenseman to pick, so I don't want to spoil anything. That that was yeah. Well, it's not Juice as our, as our listeners, <laughs> pro, but all right, all right. Give give us your your backup goalie. Okay, so my backup goalie. Uh, since this is from the 2010s, uh, and I'm playing the Caps, I'm taking Yaroslav Halak. <laughs> no, uh, I should, uh, but instead. I'm taking, and this is, I thought this was kind of interesting. The only goalie, uh, the only Caps goalie in the decade to win a playoff series other than Holtby, and that's <laughs> Michael Neubert. So, yay. That's interesting. Is that the, the year that he then got swept by Tampa Bay in the second round? That's is it. That, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, I was about to say, if, if you if Grubauer was bad in this in this series... I don't know how confident I'd be in Neuver, although he was great for the Flyers against the Capitals um, that other year. I, I just I remember he had I believe it was save percentage was less than eighty seven percent in that round against Tampa. It yeah, was well, just I mean, what am I going to take? Vokun or uh, Varlamov was still on the board. Or Jose Theodore? No, three or more Theodore. Definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not. That that one in the slack. Someone did wonder I might if take he Samsonov. So yeah, that's wouldn't be the worst pick. Um, so I actually went after big, bad John Erskine as, as part of my third pairing that will probably not sniff the ice at all in this proverbial series. Um, Erskine was a guy that, um, loved to throw his weight around. I remember a few epic fights he had with the Capitals, another heart and soul guy. And, um, that, that, that's really about all I have to say about John. He, um, he's been around the, he still seems to be around the team sometimes which is kind of nice and um seemed like he everyone always had nice things to say about big big john big john it shed some major blood for this uh club mm-hmm. so uh 
props to him. So with my last pick, since you had already taken a coach, I was going to wait and use my last pick on a coach. Uh, and, um, Oh, I had so many options. Um, this was this was actually a pretty easy one. Um, I I launched uh, Adam Oates and Dale Hunter on a rocket into the sun together. Um, Todd Reardon isn't hasn't proven himself yet to me, um, uh, and, and won't be able to until uh, the playoffs. And so I went with Bruce Boudreaux. And uh, since since I have Bruce Boudreaux from 2010 on. I'm going to sit him down after that uh, Montreal loss <laughs> and say, dude, don't change a fucking thing, man. We're good. Keep doing what you're doing. I got you some defensemen and I got you a goalie and you just keep doing what you do and we'll be fine. Bruce Boudreaux, you know, uh, I know we don't, we don't talk about what these guys may or may not have done in other stops. It, you know, he's one of the better coaches in mm-hmm. the NHL and uh, he's going to be sitting there behind my bench and he and Trotz can, you know, compare necklines. And, <laughs> uh, I don't even I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, uh, oh, but, but I'll take Bruce Boudreaux, but uh, acknowledge that you got the uh, Caps coach of the decade for sure. Yes. Yes. Bruce Boudreaux was a. Uh... I still think it's a great coach. It's a shame. Um, the piece of the the Jaber's Rink piece of the decade was was certainly the one about his demise that that you penned. So yeah, um, yeah. But that that uh, I'm sure people tell you that all the time. But let's move on to my uh, the last overall pick we take. Um, you should get someone on the site to do that. JP best ten articles of that decade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Semyon Varlamov is my final pick. Uh, another guy who. He, you know, wasn't 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 great all the time, but had moments. Um, truly athletic goaltender. Um, so that, that that that's our last pick here. So yeah. let's quick let's let's let's, uh, let's quickly run down what our rosters look like. We'll we'll paste these 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 pictures of our of our rosters into the the article on japersrink.com. So make sure you guys go and check that out, and then we can quickly go through the combined team. Yeah. Um, so I'll run down my team and then what we'll do is we'll, yeah, we'll put it on the site and then we'll let people vote on whose team would win. <laughs> and remember cups one does not mean anything for this exercise. I have 12 cups. I think one has five cups. Um, but those are, those are team, uh, accomplishments. Uh, uh-huh. so my lines, uh, first line, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Wilson, second line, Vrana, Arnott, Connolly, third line, Burakovsky, Eller, Ward, Fourth line, Chimera, Hendricks, Hagelin, uh, D pairs, Kempney and Carlson, Orlov, Niskanen, Schmidt, and Weidman. Then I got Grubauer, Neuvert, and Goal, and Boudreaux behind the bench. Uh, my my four pronged attack here has got Semin, Backstrom, and Oshi, uh, Mojo, Perot, and Knubel, Fair, Like, Williams, Fleischman, Beagle, Brower. Alsner with Green, Orpik with Shattenkirk, Erskine with Pody, with Holtby, Varlamov, and Barry Trotz. So definitely a different approach. You know, I've got very top-heavy team. The ba- It actually kind of almost looks like an earlier Boudreaux-era team with that sort of yeah. back end. But, um, you know, it, it, it's tough to know if, if that sort of 
solid defensive forwards could get it together in a seven-game series here. It's certainly, a, both of us, I think, uh, saw there was more pickings up top than, than down below. Yep. And, uh, you know, people can tell us who we left off the list, who we snubbed. Uh, I'd like to commend both of us on not picking Mike Ribeiro, who's not a good human being. Uh, mm-hmm. and neither of us wanted anything to do with, uh, and we didn't even discuss that. It just kind of happened that way. Uh, yep. even though we put up some good numbers and had a big goal, uh, in the playoffs and, but you know, fuck that guy. Um, so now if they're on the outside chance that we're not just talking to each other and people might be listening, we did our uh, combined Caps team of the decade, all decade team. Uh, and I guess we did it kind of the same way, four lines, three pairs, uh, a couple goalies. Uh, so we can alternate. You can do the first line. All right, uh, this one shouldn't come as a shocker. We're going Ovechkin with Backstrom and Oshi as our top line, and uh, you're up. Yep, second line, uh, Semin, Kuznetsov, and Wilson. Then we got Vrana with Eller and Burakovsky. Uh, fourth line's going to be Johansson, uh, Beagle, and Knubel. Uh Kempany with Carlson. Orlov with Green. Alsner and Niskanen. Yep, Holtby and Grubauer in net. With, of course, Barry Trotz as head coach. Um, you know, we went through and talked about a few of the guys that we thought might have been snubbed. Um, you know, we, you know, Chimera had a case, Joel Ward, Justin Williams, Troy Brower, Eric Fair, Brooks Orpic, and Brooks Like. I think, yeah, I, I get why we made the choices we did, but it, it was hard to leave a few of these guys off. It is. I mean, and it, it all depends, you know, what, what you're trying to do with this exercise, right? Like if you're trying to capture the guys who were the most important players, not necessarily the best players, uh, you know, that's how you have a guy like Jay Beagle uh, on there, or maybe even Carl Osner on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I don't know, will over skill or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I forgot about that t-shirt. Hell yeah. Well, what do you, so what do you think led to us getting, keeping Jay Beagle on, but leaving Brooks Orpic off? Uh, just being really, uh, tired. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's hard to leave Orpic off uh, of of an all decade uh, team, um, but I don't know who. I guess you yeah, probably take you should probably take uh, Kempney off because he wasn't there uh, long enough. But I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, how do we leave off? He was selected so highly in our draft. So well, I, I think our draft had different goal. Our draft is about true. winning games. This is about sort of uh you know ring of honor type shit and you know i i guess i guess maybe what we should have thought about when we were doing this is uh 10 years from now when when they reunite the cup team or on the 10 year anniversary of the cup team uh and everybody's there getting introduced and getting ovations i mean orpic definitely gets a bigger uh, ovation than kempney i mean uh I don't know. I mean, maybe just for their play during the 2010s, but Kempney's still here, right? right. So right. we'll have to see. But I mean, uh, Orpik definitely gets a bigger ovation than Alsner, right? So far. Uh, yeah. He yeah. gets a bigger I mean, one because he, he won. I bet. 
I mean, I bet he gets a bigger one than everybody not named John Carlson, actually. Well, I mean, Alsner, on the back yeah, end. Alsner wouldn't even be there because he wasn't on the cup team. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's the point. <laughs> The, the the Caps all-decade team was the 2018 team. Give yeah, me that's... Alex Chason and Nathan Walker and Jacob Yurabek and DSP. Yes, fucking yeah. P. We didn't even mention DSP the entire time. You know, yeah. you talk about guys who were instrumental to that team doing the thing. And, man, doesn't get much bigger than him. So. I think I think the point is, and uh, we'll wrap this up since we're coming up on seven hours of this, <laughs> uh, is that uh, it's been a really good decade uh, for Caps fans. And there's been uh, it, uh, four of the teams in the decade, three of them won the President's Trophy and one of them won the Cup. Uh, and then there were uh, tons of other uh, division champions. There were... Hart trophies, you know, Vesna trophy, maybe, I guess it'll be in the 2020, a Norris trophy, Jack Adams. uh, There was a a hell of a lot of entertainment uh, and, and they won the cup and, you know, can't take that from them. Uh, It's, I guess it's a different story if they hadn't won the cup, but uh, all things considered and knowing that they did, this was one hell of a decade of uh, Caps hockey. It was. It was one hell of a decade, and um, I just pulled the the numbers, and I'm going from the start of the nine ten season to to today, and the Capitals have the most wins of any team over that span. They have 484 wins. Pittsburgh in second with 483. So that's how good of a decade it was for the Washington Capitals. The most regular season wins, the Stanley Cup win, and um, it just just the cap. I mean, you could argue the Capitals were the franchise of the decade, despite only winning the one Stanley Cup. Yeah, I'm not sure you'd win the argument, <laughs> but you could make it. You could I, I make it. Uh, yeah, I don't know that you're you're winning that argument, but uh, it's been from the perspective of uh, you know consuming an entertainment product. Uh, you also had comfortably the best goal scorer in yeah. in the league over that stretch uh it's just been uh pretty exciting there were there were a couple shitty uh years in there and a lockout which uh also sucked but uh all in all you know if we're sitting there on uh, december 11th uh, 2009 and say here's what the next decade holds for you We'd all take it in a second. Yeah, we we definitely would. Um, JP, thank you for for joining me today. This this was a lot of fun. Hopefully, we didn't lose all of our listeners. Uh, fuck. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but I I really enjoyed this. So uh, thanks again for for taking the time. You got it, man. All right, on behalf of myself and JP, thank you for listening to this episode of Jabers Rink Radio. As always, we appreciate when you guys interact with us. You can find JP on Twitter at Japers Rink. You can find myself at Stringham A. And uh, also leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you're so inclined. So thanks for listening to this episode of Japers Rink Radio.